Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I delve into this idea. Uh, it, we're sort of building off our last two conversations um, about silence from two weeks ago and then this idea of being alone but not lonely. And um, we talk about and break down the two sort of models around uh, busyness culture, keeping ourselves busy at all times, um, not only in the church, but just also in the culture at large. And then we also look at the revival model around church and Christianity and how those sort of are unsustainable long term and how we come back to this idea of, of the whisper of God. Um, in our life. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you are interested in learning more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go for that. drcrpod.com is a place to go for other episodes or whatever podcatcher you found this episode on. dreamwalkaway.com is the place to go for David's book, Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow. Uh, if you'd like to get a physical copy, that's the place to go. If you'd like a Kindle version, please go to Amazon and search Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow. And you could also experience a American Sign Language version on YouTube by searching Dreamwalker Way. If you're enjoying what you hear, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you. And let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. Dispatches from the Verge. David Morrison. Radio Free New Mexico. <laughs> um, Danny West in the house. How's it going? We're getting uh, got the producer here. Won't be here next Tuesday. He's got to go back to university like one of those smart kids. <laughs> He's one of them educated lads. <laughs> um, so this week we are this 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 conversation is kind of a continuation from the last two episodes. Um, two of them ago being the silences last week, um, or when you hear this last week, um. Alone, but not lonely. Oh, yeah. Oh, I and, to put that up. I need to post no. it. <laughs> you just reminded me. <laughs> and then, so today we're going to look at um, maybe not a breakdown, but okay. So today we're going to look at sort of the common manifestation of Christianity, um, sort of looking at the busy let's be busy in a church um and then this idea of revival which we actually had a really great conversation back in march about oh, yeah, the yeah, revival yeah. that was going on in in yeah. kentucky what was the name of that university do you remember oh, man yeah, uh, i'm sorry <laughs> Did it mean- asbury yeah asbury yeah the asbury revival some um, say they're still there. They haven't bathed. They're eaten, and they've been there for just, six months. They're just reviving. They've maybe. all failed. They've all been expelled well, from the school because they didn't make their tuition payments. And well, and, and that actually kind of goes to the conversation, the larger conversation about these revivals. People rushing to them, right? 
and then they kind of yeah. trickling out over time. Yeah. Or if someone really sticks with the <laughs> revival, like you're saying, they're going to be punished in the the greater context of society. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, like that young man from Nazareth. <laughs> oh, well, oh, Jesus. Perhaps he's more of a cautionary tale. <laughs> I think that's exactly what he, he is. He did say stuff like count the cost. And, <laughs> we, and we were all like, oh, yeah, yeah. He doesn't really mean that. It's reverse psychology. So I so I, I guess I'll throw it to you in the sense of like where to start. Do you want to sort of set up the two different routes and then we can go down one and then the other? And and and, and so, okay, so we're, we're going to look at the two of those to eventually come back at the end to this idea of being alone with God sitting in silence, um, listening prayer, um, building this relationship, this, uh, um, through contemplative prayer, building a relationship with God or your higher power. Um, and maybe yeah. building's the right word. Cause it's just, it's just engaging with a relationship. Yeah. It's, I don't even know if it's building, but saying yes to what is. Yeah. So, so maybe you could, I don't, I don't know where you, where you would like to start off with the, with the conversation and, and, maybe give context for the, for one of the yeah. two roads or the two roads. So I guess we can start with the problem, set up our straw man first and then, okay. <laughs> and then we can go into ad hominem we'll attacks we'll... on each other, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a beard, so how could you be right? <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. Well, you're, you're you short. Got a, you got a limp knee. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bum <laughs> knee, dude. <laughs> you're a limpy ass bitch. Well, I resemble that right well, now. <laughs> that's an, a point. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, yeah let's so, let's build the straw man, set it on yeah, fire, and, and see know, where we go. So I saw a phrase this morning, almost by accident. It was like one of those articles I had saved like a couple of years ago, and it oh, came yeah. up. I was I like, got oh some yeah, of those. I was supposed to read this, and I didn't actually read it yet. Right. I started Just it, but the headline. We, it was too late. Uh, I had to come over here, but it was an NPR article, and, it, and the the phrase really just captures it all. It's, we are in an epidemic of loneliness. Mm. And I don't think we touched on it with last week's discussion, but it's it's almost like you can make the argument that at least one of the remedies to loneliness is aloneness, mm. is learning to be alone. And that actually, in a counterintuitive way, becomes an anecdote or a healing balm for loneliness. It doesn't make sense. Right. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, linear. Yeah. Because in, in the, in the thought process, because most people would say, would think, you know, by being alone, you're isolating yourself from connection and therefore you're increasing your loneliness and there's, but, but there can be a breakthrough in the aloneness in the solitude well, of, of connection, you know? And I think in that example, there's a intention behind it. So I know for me, I'm, at this point in my life, I'm much more comfortable being alone. And that, so when I'm around people, that possibility for connection is more open. Right. Whereas when I isolate or when I have isolated in the past, it was specific to not being around people. So then when I was around people, I was uncomfortable yeah. because I had been isolating. Yeah. And so I think there's a, a certain amount of intention yeah, I think around so. that. Um, anyways. Yeah, and so, so along with the epidemic of loneliness, there is an epidemic of busyness, mm. and and along with the epidemic of busyness, it, you could also call it the. I think we called it an, uh, 
an epidemic of isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we talked yeah. about in two episodes ago. Yeah. yeah, so it's all it's all kind of connected, and um, and and it's very easy to blame technology. Technology has made us more isolated and alone. And but no, I, I was reading. Uh, uh, I believe it's called the history of everything. I always forget these two anthropologists wrote it. I forget their names. I'm sorry, I didn't come prepared. Uh, I think history of everything is um, Ken Ken Wilbur. No, these are new, new kids on the block doing this. Okay. The one the one author died like right after they oh, finished shit. the book, and uh, well, he was done. Yeah, he just wrote a book. Wrote his about magnum everything. opus. It's a huge <laughs> book, but anyway, their point is is that uh, well, maybe it is technology. I don't know uh, when societies that adopted agriculture, agriculture was supposed to give you more leisure time. Oh, but it didn't. We got more busy yeah. than ever before, and so uh, so I don't know if their point is technology, but whenever we've, I mean, I guess you could argue it both ways. I was trying to say modern life, maybe that's the way I should say it, is that modern life is is exclusively breeding this, but it's really innovation in, in mm. human history. Uh, the more leisure time we have, we have a compulsion to be even busier. Mm. So so farmers were busier than the hunter, hunter-gathering right, right. people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's just a human tendency to mm-hmm. be as busy as possible and now it's even you know more so right mm-hmm. uh, even though we have all these conveniences to make things make work more efficient we just we find just fill ways. it with more yeah. yeah we just we can't help it and and i don't like i said i don't think it's cultural i think it's more human human it's nature a human general thing so the, so an epidemic of busyness is what i'm saying is connected to the the, the epidemic of loneliness and mm-hmm. isolation. So, when I think too, as we going back to this idea of technology, you can rely, you can do a lot more things in your day to day relying on technology, right? And yeah. not, not necessarily having to have human interaction. Well, I mean, the, the easy one is, is the grocery store, right? They've gotten the self scanners so good that you could go to the grocery store four times and not ever interact with anyone yeah. unless you choose to interact with somebody by going through where someone's scan. You yeah, know what I if mean? If they have somebody. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Even some stores you go at certain times and they don't even have anybody. Yeah. And so, you know, whereas 10 years ago, the self scanner was so annoying that it was, it was a bigger problem yeah. to try to go through. It's like, Oh, I'm just going to go through the, 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 where the person is. And, yeah. and even if it's, you know, even if it's just saying hi, hello, you yeah. know, and them telling you you're told it. There's still an eye to eye connection there. Yeah. Um, whereas now you could you could go a whole week if you. Well, maybe not where we live, but like if you live in an urban area, you could go a whole week, have your food delivered. Have you know what I mean? Like have all these conveniences where you don't have to interact with anybody. And it you know are you isolating? Or are you yeah. you know looking for that alone time? You know where. I, I mean, for me at this point in my life, some alone time actually recharges me in a way. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Me too. It's the yin and yang. It's mm-hmm. solitude and community. Mm-hmm. They're, they're connected to each other, you know. So. so with that being set up as far as like the busy, this culture yeah. of busyness, maybe we can go, you can talk about how that is. 
I don't want to say infiltrated the church because I think, like you said, it's a human thing. So it just yeah. humans have built the church. And so that's that is sort of the model that's most common. Yeah. And I'll, I'll pick on North America, mm-hmm. particularly Canada, well, that's who Canada we usually, and the U.S. <laughs> that's who we usually pick on. So <laughs> let's keep it rolling, and, baby. And specifically because of our historical, cultural, Protestant work ethic, the Puritan well, and ethic. It's, it's still among us. And, and it's the context we grew up in. Yeah. Right. We yeah. grew up in North America. So that's, that's, yeah. if we try to start talking about Africa, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know. So the original, yeah. So the original uh, white Anglo Saxon culture, Protestant culture here, you know, Rene Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. But we added, uh, no, I, I'm busy. I work. Therefore I am. <laughs> I yeah. produce. Yeah. And, and it's, and your identity is very, tied to it the yeah. busier i am the more important yeah i am i am somebody because i have shit to do and and uh and so that yeah those are always uh uh emblems of success in mm-hmm. this country right if i'm busy if i have well, i can yeah i can remember like high school age and early adulthood like a lawyer being like oh i worked 100 hours a week yeah. or whatever yeah. and being like at that point in my life being like, wow, that's amazing. And now when I hear someone say that, it's like, why would you do that to yeah, yourself? Yeah. <laughs> and, and in the church I grew up in, that was very much the busier right. you were, yeah. the more involved you were, the more important of a person you were, the more God loved you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was definitely, uh, that, that was their, uh, their grift. One, well, I was going to say, I, I don't want to speak for you, but it was sort of weaponized. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, No doubt. And so it really sucks when, you know, so most, most, uh, I want to say non-denominational pastors are actually workaholics Mm. and their spirituality is actually ambition Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so they're dangerous people. Um, they're dangerous to themselves. Uh, they're a danger to their families and they're a danger to anybody that's working for them or is close to them. In, In any, Past us trying to build the church big, no matter what Christian language they use and, and how this is God's will, they are really just weaponizing that for their own ambition. Get as as Nadia Bowles Weber said, they're getting God to co-sign their bullshit. Well, and I, I think too part of that danger is they don't a lot of them aren't even aware of it. No, yeah, they, they've gaslit themselves. True, right. They're true yeah, believers in absolutely. the fact that they're doing God's work. Yeah, as yeah. I was. I was somewhat aware of it, but I had no idea how to, to uh, you know, deal with it. I had no idea, and so I, I you know, so I'm talking about when I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Well, and I mean, this is just me extrapolating, but you noticed at some point you noticed it, and started discerning something different. Yeah. Whereas I think most people, I can't say most people. A lot of people, not just in the church context, but a lot of people hit that point. And I think it's shifting culturally a little bit, but your ego, you know, if you're in your 30s, you probably spent half of your life at that point pursuing whatever this is, right? If you're a doctor or a lawyer, I mean, I know your story, so being a pastor. Yeah. But, you know, those things, you know, in high school, you start kind of getting the idea like, oh, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. And so at 30, if you're like, wait, this, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm killing myself. 
your ego's like, whoa, 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 don't pay attention to that voice. Like we got to keep, yeah, we got to keep, whereas you were able at some point to, to put a stop there and start discerning something different. Right. It's not yeah. like you just woke up one morning or like, Oh, I'm done with this. No, you were very intentional about it. Um, yeah. And I would attribute it specifically to taking walks in the desert mm. in solitude. And I was able to become aware of it, at least be able to see it. I had no clue how to remedy it, mm-hmm. but that's, that's kind of what happened. And that was one of the, I mean, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested yeah. in the, the, walking the desert last week we went down that rabbit hole um or the road to desert rain podcast too yeah well and and not just yours but you know the all the everyone on that one but specifically you marcia greg deanna um kirsten jacob i'd say those seven um specifically talking about the finding and the discernment and the meetings you guys had over the, over those, the year or two leading up and the early days of it is is very interesting. And it's not, I'm not saying it's all evil or negative. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. I could have done a lot of other things in my twenties and Mm -hmm. thirties. I I don't trust myself that I would have done better things. I would have just done, I would have wasted more (laughs) time. I would have played more video games and watched more, uh tv at the time probably you know yeah i think so i think that's what i would have done right (laughs) so with with all the extra time you know that i would have had so this um this idea of of busyness within the church or even our culture Yeah, yeah i would break it out even I would say the church in America just follows the the greater mm-hmm. culture. So right. So like the the Marsha pointed this out, the the charismatic Pentecostal slash prosperity mm-hmm. crowd. What they do is when the economy is good in America, then they preach prosperity. Mm-hmm. God is going to make you wealthy. God wants to bless you. Hashtag blessed life. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when it's when, when the economy is bad. Then they pivot to end times, apocalyptic oh. kinds of things. You know, <laughs> right. Jesus is returning, and so you know, and so when uh, so you can just follow the the stock ticker. Yeah, <laughs> when it's up, it's like yeah, prosperity. And, and so, like, oh, so apocalypse. that's coming up soon to a, to a church near you because uh, as Trumpism is beginning to you know just kind of get flushed down the toilet, some things take five or six flushes. And, uh, and so as Trumpism is on its last couple flushes there, uh, they'll, they'll pivot to apocalyptic mm. in times. They kind of are now with Q. I was going to say that's kind of uh, been, yeah. been simmering for the last year or yeah, so. Q well, especially with the inflation and how bad the economy is doing yeah. over the last year. Yeah. I would say that's already simmering up. So, yeah. And, and they are not winning politically. And so, mm. see, they thought a revival was going to come with, with Trump being in office mm. and they actually said those kinds of things. Mm. And, uh, and so now that, you know, anyway, <laughs> I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> I'm so tired. Of him. <laughs> um, and so I guess the, the quick comparison or not, it doesn't have to be quick, but the comparison of, uh, you may, we, before we turned on the mics, I, sh- I shared a comparison that you had used about um, 
David putting on in the Hebrew scriptures, David putting on the, the armor and it just being too big for him and, and it, it doesn't fit. Right. And so sort of building that bridge to how, like you're saying now, like prosperity gospel, um, they, they throw that on onto Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it, it's, it's like, uh, you can sort of pick and choose the scriptures, right. To sort of, sort of make it on the surface level, yeah. make it fit. Um, so maybe you could talk about that, about how the, the, the busyness culture template. Yeah. Yeah. Tries to, tries to throw this, this cloak on, on Jesus. And it's like, well, it's not quite what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Jesus has basically, and I guess we've done this. This is a human thing. It's not just specific to this time mm-hmm. and this culture. Uh, started with Constantine, really. Mm-hmm. And really, the early disciples. So they, they see this magic worker, right? This healer, mm. this uh, Hebrew shaman, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, doing these, you know, he's walking on water. He's doing crazy shit, right? He, and he's an actual shaman. He's not a Instagram shaman. No, yeah. No, he got himself crucified for his shamanism. So, yeah. He didn't get affiliate marketing with yeah. his shamanism. Yeah. So they see him doing all this stuff. And so they transpose their values and hopes and dreams mm. on this blank canvas called Jesus. Are you, uh, after they see him get crucified and raised, if you look in the Acts chapter one, maybe the beginning of two somewhere, they ask him, are, are you going to restore Israel as a mighty power now, as a political power? And he looks at them and says, oh my God. And he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he gets as, as he should. And he, yeah. He just floats up and leaves. And it's like, peace out, gone. people. So, yeah. So it's the same thing, you know. And then uh, if you look at well, and I, and early I think, Rome, you know. He's I, a, I think that's a human thing. Exactly. Projecting, right? Yeah. Like if you think about parents projecting stuff on their kids. Exactly, exactly. Um, or even kids projecting stuff on their parents. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, it's very uh, significant. Others do it. It's very politicians. common. Yeah, yeah, they, exactly. They, yeah, they projected uh, Christianity and mm. personal faith on Trump. Mm-hmm. They were saying he was a baby Christian. Yeah. He, he never was, no. never will be. Yeah. He's not. He's, no, anytime he talked not. about it was for political gain. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, um, which is true about every politician. Like we've never well, had yeah, it like a yeah. truly. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, but so yeah, so this pr- idea of projection. Yeah. So we, we do that. And so of course, Jesus is a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant mm. who works who works uh it's three jobs yeah <laughs> even though there are stories of him sleeping around on the boat and you know going on the mountain like all right you guys go over there i'm gonna yeah, come over there exactly so he's, he's not you know and as like richard Rohr said i think he i think he laid around in a hammock uh six days a week just mm. so he could go piss people off on the sabbath and go heal on this you know on that day and, yeah uh and so so yeah, so it is like this Saul's armor that for those of you not familiar with that story, there's a story of young David, the King David, the you know, they project him as being a uh, uh a shepherd boy, mm. becomes king, you know, uh and he's the one that takes down Goliath. And so him. yeah, so the Goliath, so there is some historical accuracy in the type of warfare that mm. they would do, which was you pick your strongest they fight for everyone else as a proxy and then you divide up the the treaty after they, that. that's a smart way to they build the ring war. put put the hell in the cell cage over it and they're like all right yes, you two go did. in there 
They actually whoever did. comes out. <laughs> and that's why these tribes uh, outside of them in, in Europe, that's why they weren't ready for these Roman legions who just oh, destroyed everything. They just came marching yeah, in. Yeah, right. you know, it was kind of fun, you know, in the, like the, the Irish, it was a fun, pick your strongest warrior. Yeah, yeah and we'll all eat popcorn and watch Cheer them fight. Guy on, yeah. And then we'll be at peace after that and we'll draw up a treaty. Yeah. They weren't ready for this complete annihilation of uh, of that, you know. And uh, and so, except for Julius, he did come to Ireland and saw them calling demon spirits into their bodies naked on the battlefield <laughs> ready to and he was like yeah this island's not worth it and, and went home you guys can keep it yeah he was like nah it's all right and so uh um so yeah so so he's gonna fight goliath and saul puts his kingly armor on him and you know he's just a 12 year old boy in the, according to the legend mm-hmm. And so it's, it doesn't fit. And so that's kind of what the busyness template is when you, when you apply it to spirituality. Um, you know, if I could just get busier and then the, and then the goal is to get even more busy and they shame you if you take a break, you know, Mm. uh, in any, even not just churches, but in, uh, um, uh, what am I trying to, in the social justice world or in the, even in the, the professional uh, world. Yeah. When, when nonprofit I, is the word I was looking for. When I took my break um, from the project management thing I was doing and went to Europe for three months. Yeah. They're like, the number, well, the number one question was, would be the uh, must be nice slash. I wish I could do that. Right. And I would look them in the eye and be like, you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then that's that you would see the anger. Yeah. Flare no, up in I their can't. Eyes. Because they know they can, but they're not willing to make the sacrifices do it. And then the second question would be, what are you doing when you're getting back? And I purposely left that open because I I didn't know. And I'm like, I don't know. They're like, you don't have a job lined up or going going back to school or like, I needed a task waiting for me. Yeah, you need a gig. (laughs) It's like, you have to have a gig. Part of this, part of the sabbatical is to figure out what's next. Yeah. Um, I have a gig, therefore I am. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm productive, therefore yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm being productive. Um, and their brains would, ju- well, not everyone, but certain people's brains would just yeah. melt when I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get back. They're like, yeah. what are you going to do for money? I was like, I got a little bit of money. Like, yeah. uh, I'll have my mom feed me for a month. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've met people that are very resentful of being parents because they, you know, oh, they, yeah, they're yeah, tied yeah, down yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's yeah, like, right. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. You kind of made that decision. <laughs> well, never mind. Um, Take your kids with you to Europe. <laughs> yeah. They allow kids in Europe. The Griswolds did. <laughs> yeah, they saw Big Ben. Um, so anyway, so um, so shifting from this idea of like busyness, I mean, unless there was something else that you, you had as far as the this busyness template. Yeah, that just seems to be the, yeah, you know, the, and so, so it breeds, so it's a vicious cycle, right? And then you burn out and, and then you, uh, you, you know, the, the goal is to get busy again, get mm-hmm. out there again. And it just doesn't, it never, so, so there's gotta be more, everyone's asking that, right? There's gotta be more than getting up so I can, you know, have a job. I get up in the morning to have a job so that I can, buy food so I can have strength to get up and go to my job so I can have money to buy food so that I can, you know, yeah. there's gotta be a, so a, something so more than this cycle. Um, 
you know, and maybe they'll add some things like John Cougar Mellencamp so they can vacation down in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, uh, yeah, I think people underneath it all are asking, is there more to that? Is there more to life than, than just that? You know, and, um, and I'm not even talking about third world problem. You know, I'm talking, this is a yeah, first, yeah, right, yeah. first world North, issue. North America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things that were. I'm speaking from the huge privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Well, and, and I think that, and that actually, I think, flows into the next road okay, that yeah, we're going to yeah. visit is this idea of revival because it's it's new. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, there's energy behind it. Um, it's usually... Uh, well, you might be able to, I might be mischaracterizing this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's usually um, sort of youthful energy around yeah. it. So it's it's attractive in that way. Um, you know, the, the older generation can be like, look at what those kids yeah. are doing. They're bringing revival and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's attractive in uh, in that sense as far as like, you know, pointing, pointing in at, you know, being able to, even if you're not involved with it directly, pointing yeah. at it and being like, look what's going on here. And so, yeah. So maybe you can just elaborate about w- this idea of, of revival and why it's um, so attractive, but also uh, important. There's an importance part to it, I think. Yeah. And, but it, there's also an unsustainable part to it. Right. it similar to the busyness. Yeah. Yeah. So I can speak to the charismatic experience mm-hmm. that I had, which was that, you know, it was, there's this, because I, I, I don't know if about other evangelical churches if they're pursuing that kind of stuff. Yeah, they didn't seem to when I was charismatic. Okay. They seem to be anti. Interesting. Uh, but but there was this yeah this idea of of if I could just get filled with the spirit and mm-hmm. and if we could all do that together and have these very exciting meetings where it appears that things are happening, uh, so vibrant music. Uh, guess you could call it dancing gyrating Sway, of the swaying. body <laughs> yeah hopping around like a moron uh there's uh but lifting hands a freedom of expression and a freedom of emotion emotionalism in some cases um stories of god speaking directly to you mm. and healing and doing miraculous kinds of things. Right. Uh, that's the revival template. And then if I'd break it out into the greater culture, it would be the, all the internet trends. If you just do this one thing, uh, all the ads on the internet are this way. Uh, doctors don't want you to know about this one oh, trick. Oh, right, right, right. The clickbait Insurers stuff. in New Mexico don't want you to, so there's yeah, a yeah, secret yeah, yeah. knowledge of some sort. Um, but internet trends would be, you know, like during... The pandemic, everyone was baking bread. Mm. And if you just do that, that'll solve. Right. If you could just speak in tongues, <laughs> that would solve all your problems. If you could just get uh, delivered of demons, that would solve every problem. If you just learn to bake bread, <laughs> that will uh, make you less fulfill, lonely or whatever. Uh, <laughs> fulfill your life. <laughs> yeah. No, it'll just make your ass fat is what it'll do. Uh, so unless you're a farmer, you have no business eating bread <laughs> or waffles or pancakes. <laughs> And I'm talking about a farmer who's like old an school actual, farming. Yeah, an actual farmer. Yeah, third world farmers <laughs> get up at four in the morning or who sleep with their crops right. to keep a, Protect a rhinos from <laughs> elephants from coming through, you know. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so there's just this, if I could just get excited about something mm. uh, and, and baptize it in Christian language, then, then my uh, sense of loneliness will be 
will be uh, gone. My sense of, and you know, and to a degree, like I said, it works Mm -hmm. until it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's not sustainable over a long period of time. It's not a sustainable spirituality in the end. I know that one by experience. And what would you say? What? I mean, it's hard. Okay. So in your experience, right, this idea of revival, how long, like, it's not sustainable, right? But like, is it a year? Does it last a year? Does it last five years? Does it, does it just depend? What you yeah. know what I mean? Like, for example, there was a book that that we all loved during our revival years, uh, and I forget the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to speak positively of it anyway. <laughs> right? So yeah. So it's probably better. So I won't mention the author or the time. But we, yeah. But it was a reference book for <laughs> revival, and in and in the opening chapters. The author talks about an experience at their church where one sleepy Sunday morning, um, and, and you know it's a charismatic church because the pulpit, the, 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 it's not a pulpit, what do you call the, that thing? Um, the, your podium. Podium, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's some unwritten rule. All charismatic and Pentecostal churches have to have a, a plastic clear podium podium yeah that's amazing <laughs> they're really into that at least back then i was gonna say a lot of the 12-step meetings will have a podium <laughs> like a wooden one like that yeah that <laughs> just one was randomly built for me. just randomly in the in, a, in the room <laughs> notice how short that one is because <laughs> that was built specifically for me uh i loved it and i used it in teaching too anyway nice. um uh and so one sleepy morning it the, this is their claim that the lightning of God split it in half right there on the stage. Okay. I think we've talked about this, and, but keep, keep going. And then people on the streets randomly just felt an urge to go into that church. Oh, wow. And so they did. And then they ended up baptizing spontaneously, mm. like, you know, a thousand people that day. Uh, and my, and my point is, what do you do the next week? Mm. <laughs> we have bingo. Uh, how do you <laughs> yeah, how do you follow? The, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, this time somebody levitates. This time somebody, you know. Well, this, this idea of parlor tricks. Yeah, yeah. so it just, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying the podium thing was necessarily a, po- a parlor trick, but if you're going to try to do that every Sunday or whatever. And which <laughs> the Pentecostal tradition does, you know, oh. I, I was... I, I love the Pentecostal tradition. Mm-hmm. I don't love the evangelical tradition. I'll just be honest with you. Right. I, it's foreign to me. I went from being a Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. an Irish Roman Catholic, to right. to a, a Pentecostal charismatic. And so the, the Protestant tradition is very foreign to me mm. uh, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. Right. That, you know, that you would, you know, deify yeah. this book. And... Uh, that kind of stuff. So, so, but they do do that because it's human nature. So mm-hmm. they will resort to parlor tricks mm-hmm. to mimic or copy what had happened before. Uh, it's like the cargo cults. The cargo uh, cults? During World War II, uh, it's an interesting read uh, if you want to look that up on uh, Wikipedia page, cargo cults. What happened is World War II, uh, Naval and, and Air Force would land on small sp- Pacific Islands and set up radio towers or whatever. And they would interact with the natives Mm -hmm. of these islands. And so, so they began to, uh, 
to see this as a visitation from uh, uh, divine beings. Mm. And so they would mimic, uh, you know, with their own, the natural resources mm. on the island, mm-hmm. build like a wooden airplane mm-hmm. that they saw at that time, a runway that they mm-hmm. keep up. Uh, and 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 they I thought there was a name for one of them. They had like John Wilson. He will return. He's right. going to return to yeah. us. You know, and um, that's amazing. And so yeah, it's a very human nature, uh, and that was without any. You know, you you take a uh, a First Nations people like that with very little contact mm-hmm. of the outside Western world, uh, the technological world maybe right. is a better, uh, and that's our natural. That's our default, and mm-hmm. you could argue that, right? Um, and so, yeah, you will mimic, you will, you will devolve into mm-hmm. parlor tricks. I see, I see what you're saying. Uh, right. And so, uh, it's, and on a know, certain level, it works. Yeah, yeah. Because people, uh, people will, people show up. People will go to watch. Uh, yeah, the and it tricks. becomes Dumbo's feather in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Some people get get off of mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs as a result of that. Yeah. Uh, some, yeah. Yeah. A lot of emotional wounds get healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah. What I think. So I'm not. I'm not minimalizing it. I'm saying it's. It. Sh- it should be. You know, looked at for what it is, uh, but not demonized or minimalized. You know. And we, you and I, have talked about it on previous podcasts, but it's also this idea of like it's. It's sort of the the gateway in, right? It gets the person's foot in, yeah. and if they keep down the rabbit hole, you know, um, their spiritual evolution is going to continue and ideally, right. It doesn't happen yeah. with everyone, but they're going to find, uh, if it's, it could it can start at the parlor tricks, right. If that gets you yeah. in the door of the church and then, you know, we talk about Richard Rohr throws it out a lot, this idea of transformation, you know, the parlor tricks probably not going to transform you, but if, if it engages you to engage in your, exactly. in your practice and, and, you know, whether it's silence or, being of service to the community or, you know, all these different things that you and I have talked about. um, There's going to be an evolution and a transformation that happens, you know, like you said, healing emotional wounds, sobriety, um, you know, reconnecting families or or repairing families, whatever, you know, however you want to word it. Um, So, I mean, I've met hundreds of people now at this point who were addicted to drugs and alcohol mm -hmm. or, and, or, and, in the middle of their addiction, they felt that, that Jesus Christ specifically spoke to them. And and all they know is they were addicted and now they're sober. Mm. And and you can argue, however, you know, they still have to do the 12 steps. Mm. Maybe not in the in the way that it would be worded in the mm. in the official recovery mm-hmm. world. But some form of those 12 mm. steps, you know, the, the transformation still has yeah, to be worked out. Yeah, the transformation is still required as yeah. part of, of, yeah, of the healing. And and often many of them would say, well, Jesus is is the only higher power. Mm-hmm. And Which for their experience is true. Exactly. And, and so, so, so of course they would say that. Yeah. You, you almost have to say that if that's your experience. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, and well, and also the indoctrination of the church. Too. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but still. It's the Bible, not the, not the blue book. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And so that, you know, but that's part of their recovery, right? Exactly. Exactly. That, that that's either experience. or thinking Yeah, that was part of the alcoholic. It's alcoholic thinking, yeah. right? This has to be this. It can never be anything mm-hmm. else. 
It's like, no, uh, reality is very fluid and very, uh, don't well, give a shit about your opinion or your feelings. Well, and I think it just that this, you know, this idea of lived experience has kind of been co-opted in, in a negative way, but there is some truth behind it of like, we're all, you know, we're all on the same rock flying through outer space, but we're yeah. also all having like painfully different experiences yeah. that, Sometimes we can, you know, we can get close and, and connect on a certain way, but a lot of times it's just, it's so, so different, um, that it is important to like, you know, recognize what, what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that thing, you know, that is the way that you were able to get sober, but that doesn't mean that's going to, that that's the only way for other people, yeah. right? Like that might be the way for you. You know, I talk about it in, in my 12 step, I'll, I'll sit down and say someone, there's a lot of ways to get sober. Exactly. I, I'm only familiar with one. And the reason I only know that one is because it's worked for me. And so I'm not going to fuck with something that's working. Yeah, exactly. But if this doesn't work for you, know that there, you know, there's half a dozen, a dozen, probably a hundred different ways of pursuing this endeavor um, that might be transformative for you. And I'm just not aware of it. I just can't tell you about it because I don't know. I can tell you about this one specific thing and sort of, you know, and sort of leave the door open in that sense of like, this is what I can show you and beyond anything beyond this is, is out of my expertise. So, but yeah, there is, there is a lot of, I I mean, even in the 12 step world, a lot of black and white thinking of like, this, this is the only way to do it. And And I would, I would guess when someone is at the beginning of their sobriety, they're in that revival template. They're in that revival. A certain, they, they've had a certain a, you know, They're percentage. beginning to wake up. They're beginning. I've been, I've been two weeks sober. Uh, I'm an apostle of recovery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, it's one of those things too that I'm a guru the, now. The way you damper that is like, well, yeah. If you've been taking opiates in a amount that kills a lot of people, and now you're not putting that in your body. Yeah. yeah, of course you're going to feel better. Same thing with alcohol, same thing, yeah. you know, you could, you could go down, you know, methamphetamines, you can, if those, all of those are, uh, literally substances that can kill you. Right. So when you stop putting that amount, you yeah. know, when I started, when I stopped ingesting gallons of booze every weekend, yeah, I felt a lot better. <laughs> and so, you, you know, so it's, it's like, yes, you should be excited, but also no like yeah we're, we're just at the beginning like <laughs> your liver has a long way to <laughs> yeah, recover yeah. but yeah and in some cases at least in the religious way i would think even in recovery too there are probably some that have people in their lives that are like i liked you better when you were drunk i liked you well, better when you were an atheist i think that's uh, for the people that aren't engaging in the 12 step that's what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're just the, cutting out the the Pattern, the the method, not the method, the process. That's the word I'm looking for. The process of transformation still has to be engaged. So, and it, and so it, this it, and one it doesn't time revival stop. thing doesn't. Yeah, and it's always going. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, comparison for the revival and and the twelve yeah, step. Yeah. Some people will go through the twelve steps and then the way we word is like graduate from the yeah. program, so then they don't have to do shit anymore. So I think the same thing with yeah. revivals. You have this one time revival. And then it's like, okay, I don't need to engage with yeah. these transform transformative practices um, because you're you're cured. Yeah, you're revived. Yeah. You're, you're a, a what did you say? Born earlier? Again. A baby Christian? Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I'm a, I'm a baby Christian. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, who the fuck knows uh, what that means? 
Yeah, so it, it's, uh, you know, and it's not just in the Christian world where you, so the Revival Temple also is a collection. I start collecting spiritual experiences. Oh, so I start collecting them. So like, you can start like, like you're telling the, stories almost. Yeah, almost. I was never a Boy Scout, uh, but I guess they have these merit badges, mm. right, the, that they do something with. <laughs> I think you sew them on your. I don't know what they do on your suit or whatever, so that you can. If yeah, you're, get to if the you're next... a Boy Scout, <laughs> right into the show and tell us what they do with their badges. Yes, their patches. I guess I guess they have different ranks, right? And the ultimate goal, because I had a friend, is the Eagle Scout. Yeah, he, yeah, his whole thing was to become an Eagle Scout. That's actually which what he did. Never and, mind. And so I guess you collect merit badges to yeah. get to those levels. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do the same thing in the revival template, uh, and it's not just in the Christian, the the New Age. Uh, crowd, the same thing. You're collecting. Oh, these I think all. I think all experiences. of our, yeah, all, all the denominations do it. Yeah, I would think Protestants don't. They they just it's all knowledge and rational. They reject all emotional and spiritual kinds of things. So yeah, but they still do the retreat thing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Or if you read the Bible, that is your spiritual. There you go. There you go. I Which, read the whole Bible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I guess. So that's actually that's actually probably more accurate. Yeah. How many times have you read through the Bible? Or, yeah. You know, how many times you've read that gospel? How much this? do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, anyways, anyways. But yeah, but in the charismatic Pentecostal world and the New Age world, and probably early Buddhism, American Buddhism, in the early stages, it's, well, it's the collecting Buddhism, these experiences. Well, the Buddhism is collecting the lineage. Right. Like yeah, you want to be too, the yeah. right lineage. Like you yeah, need to be under yeah. this guy because he, and it's such nonsense. It's like, is the practice work? Then who the fuck cares who you yeah. learned it from? <laughs> but yeah. if you tell a Buddhist that, they get very, no, no, yeah, very yeah. uncomfortable. Exactly. I hope there's a certain person that's not listening to this right now. <laughs> I hear you say that. Uh, yeah, because that lineage is extremely important. Oh, it's finding everything. Your, finding your karmapa, finding your, yeah, you know, and, and all that. Um, and I don't know if that's the same as collecting. I wouldn't, I don't want to, what's the word, uh, reduce it to that. Mm. You know, there's, I'm sure there's some importance to that and all that, but, but it can become, <laughs> it can become that. Being it's very so, diplomatic all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it can become very, so what's the next high? What's the next emotional high? Mm. What's the next? And that's the revival template. And, and there's got to be more than that because it's not sustainable over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm, you know, and, and, and even in, in secular, if you will, secular culture, uh, the same collecting experiences, travel mm-hmm. experiences, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and there's a hilarious Adam Sandler skit he did recently on SNL where he's a travel agent to Italy. And he was like, here's what I want to be very clear what we can do for you. <laughs> we can give you a opportunity to hike a volcano. We cannot make you someone that loves hiking. (laughs) We can provide you with a wine tasting experience. We cannot change the reason you drink. And so, so, so he's all, it's small incremental changes in your life over a long period of time that sustains you. And so it's a hilarious video. You should look it up. Uh, on this thing called YouTube, it's new. The YouTube, uh, yeah, and so uh, yeah, Adam Sandler, travel agent, <laughs> kind of thing, uh, and so that's kind of what we. If I could just have this experience, mm-hmm. then everything's going to change. I 
I, I went up to Mount Everest and now mm-hmm. I'm a winner, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Now, well, even, even on the Camino, I, I've shared this before, but even on the Camino, you'll meet people that have done it 10, 20, 30, 40 times. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, but it's, and maybe that is what, their spirituality. What you know? they get. Well, the problem is not everybody, but the problem is they don't take home what they learn on the Camino. Mm. The Camino is a learning, you know, what these, when you're collecting these experiences, the real thing is learn something from it and then go take it to your everyday life. You know what I mean? We we talk about, you know, before and after enlightenment, chop wood and fucking carry water. And it's like, when you go to these experiences, the real point is to get some insight about yourself specifically or your spiritual journey, your personal spiritual journey, and then take that back home and, and let that enrich your day-to-day life. Yeah. And so I, I think there's Bur- a Burning Man there. probably too is the same. I'm sure Burning... Well, yeah. And I mean, any any of the big... Um, Festivals. Musical fest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Because transformation is fucking hard, man. Yeah, it's, it's not the stuff yeah, you really signed up for. You're going to get kicked in the teeth <laughs> for. How much time do we have? 46. 46. So, um, so I think the yeah. important part is is coming, you know... This idea of, of, and we've talked, you know, we talked about the last two episodes of, of God being your center, you know, find, yeah. finding this Christ center, finding, you know, and going back to what we were just saying, finding these practices that are sustainable, finding a way of life that's sustainable, you know, yeah. and for everybody that's going to look a little different. Um, but yeah, so, so maybe you could bring it back for us of, of this idea of, of, of coming back to this this yeah. Christ-based center and, and and your understanding of of what that looks like in comparison to the the busyness model and the the revival model. Yeah, and we're, so, we're and we're calling it models. They're <laughs> yeah, our templates yeah. or responses. That's our wording. That's you know, yeah. that's not necessarily the people that are engaging with those. Yeah. So underneath all the noise and the light pollution in the in the inner shadows. Underneath it all, uh, there's there's the whisper, the divine whisper that is always in the present moment. So, so to give a, a, another story from the biblical tradition, there's the, the story in the Jewish scriptures of the prophet Elijah. He's running for his life. He had this huge showdown with the prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. It's a great story if you're in sixth grade. Uh, you know, he calls fire down on them and just, it's just, you know, our God is the great God. And, uh, yeah, it goes back to the two picking the two fighters from the two different Exactly. Tribes. Yeah. My, my deity is bigger than your deity. Yeah. Uh, my flag boy said to your flag boy, going to set your flag on fire. Yeah. And so, uh, so, but he's on the run now he's in the wilderness. There, there's, you know, the, the, the king and queen are put a bounty out on his mm. head and, so he's running for his life in the wilderness, comes to a cave. Uh, he hears the divine whisper mm. and he stands outside the foot, the opening of the cave and then a great fire. He sees a, it's probably a vision, a great loud fire comes over and it says, but Adonai, the great, uh, the, the presence of God was not in that fire. Then a wind sweeps over, but God was not in the wind. And then, you know, an earthquake, I believe. So all these noisy, flashy kinds of things mm-hmm. like he had just done. 
uh, these flashy demonstrations of power. God is not in those. And then he hears a divine whisper, just a whisper, and he puts his, he covers his face with his cloak and goes into the cave. And, mm. and so that divine whisper is heard throughout the ages. And, and so it, it goes all the way, you know, to the story of, in the Christian scriptures of Jesus on the waves, walking on water, parlor mm. tricks, mm-hmm. like you said. But a storm is, is erupting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're terrified. Uh, and then he, he, with a word, silences it, calms it. So that whisper hit him, and then it goes out of him into the tumultuous situation and then calms it all. When so that's available to us today. And even if you think about this, the beginning, right? God breathing into Adam. Exactly. It would be a very quiet. There wouldn't be a lot of noise and flash to it, even no. though you think of someone coming to life. Maybe you think of like the Frankenstein sort of oh, yeah, thing, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah, it, electricity. And he's alive. Yeah, he's alive. You know, he's but, alive. It, <laughs> but if you think of the physical act of breathing, yeah. one entity breathing into another entity, yeah. it would be very quiet, very subtle. Um, but that was the spark of life. Exactly. And then, like you, you know, and then you, that golden thread goes from that moment to the moment exactly. you're talking about about Jesus speaking, speaking that whisper to calm the storm. Yeah, yeah. and even even the Gospel of John's version of Pentecost it's it's uh it's it's very it contrasts very much with the Acts chapter 2 version mm. which is he he you know the risen Christ walks through the walls and appears mm-hmm. to them they're terrified and then it said he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit breathed on them you know just this little yeah it's less flashy. intimate yeah and so it's pretty Pretty profound, you know, because a, a whisper is available to you mm-hmm. in the present moment to everyone of every religion or non-religion. At every moment. At every moment, in every culture, in every time period. It's beyond time. And so it's an eternal whisper um, that can sustain your life. It doesn't look like much, right? A whisper right. doesn't seem like much. compared. You know, if you're going to choose between curtain number one a, a, a almost inaudible whisper or curtain number two, a uh, raging hurricane, a mighty rushing wind like Acts chapter two, you know, most of us are going to choose mm-hmm. the, the flashy one, right? The noisy one. Well, and I think that just, you know, sort of to in our modern context, you know what I mean? Getting the views, you know, getting, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> getting, getting eyeballs on it. Yeah. You know the what likes, I mean? the subscribed, yeah. uh, all that stuff. Well, and I think the to go back a little bit to that that point of it being available to everybody at all times, so on and so forth. I think that's an extremely important point if you are on this um, this spiritual path or you're seeking seeking this idea of, of God or higher power. Is like it's always available. You're not going to miss out on it, right? So if we go back to like the idea of like collecting experiences yeah you're not gonna you're not if you don't go on this experience today god's still gonna be available to you right right um you don't um you don't have to have the right lineage to experience god you don't have to uh read the entire bible and memorize verse chapter numbers to you know god there's my buddy reminded me of this um last night there's nothing you can do to lose the love of God. And there's nothing you can yeah. do to gain the love of God. Yeah. God loves you 
just the way you are in this moment. How you know you can label it that you're good or bad, whatever it is. All that stuff is indifferent to to this this deity, to this divine yeah. presence. Um, and it, it just it's just a beautiful reminder the way you worded it yeah. too. Is it's like it's a very you know. Uh, the secular world can experience the yes. whisper of God. You the, know what I mean? The godless <laughs> atheists who go to Disneyland. <laughs> that whisper, it. that whisper is available to them too. What's hilarious is that in the, in the Christian world, uh, uh, the secularists and the atheists are the greatest threat. That's their, mm-hmm. their fantasy that they have. Right. And, and it's really, no, you are, you're the greatest threat. Uh, to your existence <laughs> and the rest of us are wishing you would that the rapture was true and that you would just get raptured and le- go to le- heaven yeah leave us the hell alone so let it let us be but um, no yeah like you said god is love and therefore can never be anything but love and always has been this love and loves you because god is love not because you got the the uh, merit, the merit badges, badges yeah right. to love and that's that's a that's a that's a process transformation right there to to come to realize that and embody that will take a lifetime yeah. and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we landed the plane. Yeah, you feel good? Yeah, yeah. I think that's. A, Did you have anything you wanted to add? I think that's it. Cool. Yeah. I don't got anything. Else. <laughs> I'm, I'm tapped out for a Tuesday. Did we forget anything, Danny? <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, Mr. Danny West. He does the, all the engineering and uh, editing and, and audio stuff. Uh, thank you, Mr. Morrison. Thank you, Mr. Mason. Thank another, you, Mr. West. Another good conversation. Thank you all in, for listening. In the bag. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and especially those of you downloading. Return, return listeners. Really appreciate you. <laughs> return you, visitors. You came back though. You came um, back. I mean, come on. Thank you to everyone. We, we sold a bunch of books in the last two weeks. Oh, Thank you for, yeah. thanks for everyone to purchase them. If Very you're, appreciative. If you're interested in getting a copy, uh, dreamwalkerway.com is, you can go to get a physical copy or if you're uh, the Kindle type, um, you can search us on Amazon. Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow, David Morrison. There is a Kindle version there. $9.99. Nine, 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 nine. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> um, and uh, I think that's it. So thank you all, and till next week. <laughs>